There we Boom. go. Boom. Ow. Fuck. Damn it. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> okay, I'm turning you and back to me. I had one of them sink. still in my ear, and the other one was, uh, oh, yeah, that oh. legitimately hurt a little bit. <laughs> Oop. Sorry. It's all right. I asked you to do it. <laughs> I noticed that you did. Um, yeah, dude. Oh, but what is this we have we have a lot. Fifty-seven. There's a lot to talk about. Like we have a lot to talk about. So I I don't know um, necessarily where to start. What we do, a lot has happened this month, obviously. Oh my gosh. And uh, it's not even funny. I think. Look, I'm gonna just. I think we should jump right into the. Um, if it's okay with you, the, the dive deep into the shallow end. We okay. need to sure. Need I mean, get this yeah, seg- going. Segment now. number one. Sure. Why not? Segment ready, jump. Okay, so oh, I, I mentioned a couple. Oh yeah, we can do. It. You know what? Honestly, I do need a drink. That's a good idea. <laughs> so you want to go first? We we're podcasting separately, unfortunately, because I miss you and I could use a hug. But um, who's yours? Um, so I'm actually drinking three different whiskeys right now, and I, I'm going to take a picture of my whole setup. You're making me miss you even more. <laughs> and I've got some fantastic glasses that are even more fancy than the glasses you may have seen before. They're like, oh, you can see them right now. Actually, we're, we do have Skype. So Garrett and I can actually see each other. Um, he's using a mason jar. I've got these like fancy stem. It's a pretty full whisking glass. <laughs> that is a pretty low grade mason jar. <laughs> and, low grade uh, but large. <laughs> so I've got got uh, one of your favorites, the double matured Lagavulin. I'm going to take a picture of my whole setup here and put it on our um, I, searchable I have, Facebook page. I've not tried the double matured, but the Lagavulin in 16 years is the best one I've had so far. Yeah, so once you have this double matured, you'll have a, another thought. The McAllen was good. The McAllen is also awesome. I've, I've also got a Willet. Uh, it's a bourbon. And the first time I saw this was actually when we were podcasting at um, the Super Show. And I walked into the auction. They had a huge bottle of this. Somebody had auctioned off. It looks like you can, here I'll show you. It looks like you can turn the bottle into a bong. So they had a huge version of this. So I've, I've got that as well. That's That'd be true. good for self-defense. Whiskey number two. And both of these I paid for myself, so they're not really sponsors. But the third one was given to me by Tun Jones. And it's just in this bag here. So he's... <laughs> I remember sponsor. when you get... The bag is literally like a hospital urine bag. Yeah, again, guys, if you want to see a picture of what this uh, looks like, just go onto the Searchables Reptiles Facebook page and you can see a picture of my whole little whiskey set. It's worth it for that Tun Jones bag alone. <laughs> So, so mine was interesting. I actually ran out. Uh, Pennsylvania, you know, said that, um, you know, in our state, we are actually still state regulated with it, when it comes to alcohol. So you can't just go grab it at a liquor store or whatever. You have to go to a special place to get it. And um, they, because it's state run, they announced that they're going to shut it down tomorrow. Mm. I didn't know any of this until I got into the liquor store, but I popped in just to grab something for the show and uh, it was swamped. So apparently, like, I did not see lines like this for toilet paper, but when they were cutting the booze off, everybody ran down to the store. But I had, after the Tinley that didn't exist, about 50 bucks worth of petty cash left. So I went down and I found a scotch. I was missing my smoky, sweet, delicious Lagavulin 16-year. And um, so I wanted something really peaty, really smoky. And this one is Ardbeg. And it says immense smoky intensity. 
So I bought it for 50 bucks, but it is actually going to be, even though I bought it by myself, because I did, um, it's actually brought to us by Metcalf Reptiles, Aaron Metcalf over there, who himself could probably not make it through like a teaspoon of this stuff. Um, I've seen him try to drink. It's pretty humorous. Um, but no, we love Aaron. And I was talking to him because uh, he and I just got a clutch of eggs hatched over at his place from one of my males. So he called me and I told him the story and he's like, what, how much was that bottle? And immediately PayPal'd me the amount, the 50 bucks. He so thanks, picture, Aaron. He put a picture up of himself with one of his snakes in the snow. I was trying to see if it was Photoshopped or not. And he was just trying to troll people. If his Photoshop is a pretty good job, but it does look like he's standing out in the background a little bit, so I'm still not sure. Aaron sent me a message to let me know if that was actually Photoshopped or not. Or just I can out. tell you it was not Photoshopped, okay. and yes, he was trolling for realsies. <laughs> so he actually called me when I was driving home from the Tinley that never was, and uh, and said, you know, what what should I do? I took these pictures. I think they look really cool. What I put should I put them on? I was like, oh, you're gonna go cuss of crap for that, buddy. And he's like, yeah, we, we just, just ran, ran outside and took pictures. Yeah, exactly. But he wanted to see what kind of chaos would ensue. So I think he was feeling bored and frisky. Yeah, I guess that will happen if you're somewhere in the middle of Nebraska and get real bored and want to do things like that. Yeah, the, the um, whole corona thing, obviously, you can't even participate in society anywhere in the world these days without knowing about corona. I think the only people that don't know about coronavirus are probably living in the middle of the Amazon somewhere right now, right? I, mean, do you think I don't know. To say? I think that it's pretty much taking over people's lives at this point, whether by... I mean, it, it's it's pretty hard. To, did you guys hear a lot of it in Australia? We started hearing about it. Well, there, there was... Uh, and it was definitely... It was still pretty early. Like, media pushing it. And it's, I I feel like I'm hey. torn I'm torn about it a bit. Oh, cheers. Hey. Cheers. Sorry. Cheers. Cheers. Tink. Um, I... You know, as with everything that happens ever anywhere, I feel like everything always lies in between. Like the truth is somewhere in between whatever's being said and whatever people are saying on either end of everything. Like, and I, I, I 100% agree with the idea of trying to stop it in its tracks before it gets out of control and, you know, trying to minimize the spread of it. And But I, I've got so many different theories that, you know, some borderline uh, intense conspiracy theorist type of theories, and then but none of them really matter. Hillary... Uh, Hillary has really driven the idea of staying home um, and not going out. Not because she's worried. She expressed this to me um, right before we started here. It's not that she's worried about any of us getting it because we're all very healthy. And from what it sounds like, uh, if you get it and you're healthy, it's not too big an issue. You're just going to get sick. But she really wants to be responsible about not spreading it around and, and kind of limiting human contact as much as possible until it all blows over, which I, I agree with. That's, that's, that's responsible and it's good. And, uh, but Ashley said the same thing, and it's good that people like you and I have such responsible and thoughtful wives, yeah, because otherwise, be out, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, I, I would be flying out to you and right, laughing we had all and kinds coughing of up a grand old time. Sponsors, sorry, um, like we had a bunch of people wanted to drink sponsor this time around, and um, which I'm very grateful for. Well, That's freaking fantastic. And yeah, thank you guys. I and I mean keep it coming i guess after a month like this last month i i think i need it i mean i wish i had something other than jason bigler's original drink still sitting over here undrank <laughs> i wish i had something left other than that for this month just to get through it's like i mean i don't lean on that stuff to get through those things but 
you know, there's been some pretty special occasions in a in a terrible way. So yeah. But I want to before we jump into that, I, I want to do the DDSE. Oh right, sorry, yeah. First this is the diet. We're diving deep in the shallow end here. So I, I want to get this out there because this is, you know, last month we ended to get up getting pretty deep in that shallow end. Um, it so started out kind of deep. It wasn't really a shallow topic. And I, I'm not sure. If, I don't know what you're exactly. about to bust out here, but hopefully this one is a little more shallow than the last one. I can't be shallow. I don't know how. So this is what I came up with. Why does the butter side always land down when you drop the toast? <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's uh, a very. I just taken it there. <laughs> I feel like that's right, a very right glass, out of the gate. <laughs> Glasses half empty, kind of a uh, kind of approach. Because I, I feel like it's just like this a is not. No, it, th- I'm okay. pretty sure okay. it's here's, scientifically here's, proven. Here's the physical reason why. Somebody I think get it me some toast. <laughs> I need some toast with butter. So when you toast bread, it gets lighter, right? Because it becomes less moist, less, <laughs> less moist, huh? and that's you know makes the bread lighter in itself. So when you're toasting the bread, it becomes light, right? On, on both sides. Oh, like you said when you toast it, becomes when lighter. I was hearing bread, when you butter it, it, becomes it turns lighter. lighter and I was... Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay. No, not in color. <laughs> the toast gets darker in color, but lighter in weight. And okay. when you butter it, you're in, reintroducing all kinds of not just moisture, but dense moisture to one side of the bread. That becomes the heavier side of the bread. You've ever done a thing where you like throw a water bottle that's half full of water, like the heavy end stays down. Right. And it always lands. Yeah. 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 That's That's why. That's the simple reason why. And then there's the other I, part of it. I don't that, think that's it. I don't think that's it. You don't think I think, that's it at all? I mean, I can understand so what you're, so you're saying. More Murphy's heavy law. side down. It's like a weighted die type of theory yeah, and with that's, what you're and saying. That's it's going to usually land reason. down. That's the physical reason. That's the uh, <clears throat> phys- physics. No, see, but this is honestly, I mean, I, I feel like this is, there is another law of physics yet to be written. No, it's, about, it's called Murphy's law. No, I mean I know it's Murphy's law, but that's this goes beyond Murphy's law. Look, Murphy's law is truly pessimism. Anything that can go wrong will, you know, and that's not true. But I think that there is some law of physics which all of you physics professors that listen. I mean, I I know there's at least 140 of you that listen to this podcast. Um, I'd say two. I, <laughs> you know, somewhere in between those numbers, maybe. But uh, I need you guys to write this law because it's you see now we could call it we could call it the the Cusco law or the Hartle law or something or or whatever the the uh, searchable law of physics I like ooh the searchable law of physics I like this basically when you anticipate something you are it's scientifically proven that you're going to fall short. If you don't anticipate things, you're like, oh, hey, look, 20 bucks. And you find it like, oh, look, I found 20 bucks. I was not expecting that $20 bill to be in my jacket from last winter, but here it is. In other times when you're like, mm, this buttery good toast, and then it's like plop down on the floor and you're like, oh, no, the butter makes the extra fluff from the floor stick to it. Oh, <laughs> It lands butter side down, not because of the density of the butter, but because of the gap 
that there would be between, I mean, you have this situation, falling toast, randomly flipping through the air, and then you have this buildup of anticipation of eating that toast, knowing full well that you're going to look over your shoulder, make sure no one's watching, and just eat it as long as it lands on the dry side. But when it lands on the wet side and it like picks stuff up, and you're like, maybe I can still eat it, and then you pick a few things off with your finger, and you're like, oh, this is kind of gross and even me out. I mean, let's be honest. In in my situation, you know, I have a, a different – it's not just that the butter lands down. Like this is a, a totally different conversation for me because of my low-quality standards with food. I mean I'm over here drinking out of like a mason jar the first time we did it. I was hey, drinking mason some, jar is one of the best things to drink out of, dude. I drink out of mason jars every day. Fine scotch out of I, – I literally almost poured this into one of these 16-ounce deli cups I have over here. But these are the ones that are already used and like washed. So like they've had poop and shed in them. And I was like, mm, that might change it. So for me, it's not that – it's not like why does the butter side always land down. It's more like sometimes you're just walking along and you find free toast. Uh, one man's butter side down becomes another man's hey free toast someone left it here perfectly good i don't think i've ever just walked along and found free toast i've been in areas where i got some free toast but i didn't ever just walk down i literally i literally have a vlog where i was herping in phoenix arizona and i was walking along in the desert and found free uh goldfish crackers i'm eating goldfish crackers right now funny how you think about that oh my gosh I, Are you leaving you a bread trail bucks, for me? I remember a time we were you? on the, the far side of Maui coming back from Hana on the way you're not supposed to go with the rental car. And we stopped off along the side just to take some random pictures. <laughs> and my buddy Drew looks down. There's a $20, $20 bill half buried in the sand just like in the middle of nowhere. Um, Boom. No so, expectations. You can have good things. Expect <laughs> something nice. I'm covering it in scuzz. I was trying to, while you were telling your story about the toast, I was trying to think if there was a time that I actually... Uh, had it fall and not land on on the buttered or jammed side and it I, doesn't it always trying does. to bring one up so i could say it factually and I, now I, I really can't think of a time that if it does like you that. probably don't remember it but you know it it's it's not that the universe doesn't want like doesn't want you to have the toast it just wants you to feel gross about yourself as you eat it <laughs> i don't it know knows you're eating it um I always eat it. I, I may. Mean, have, it depends on how much stuff is stuck to it. It depends if like there's a bunch of if there's a bunch of stuff to, stuck. No, I can't do the it doesn't. Sand. I can't eat bread with sand in it. I just won't. I won't do it. I don't you like just the don't, feel of this grain it's, grinding between my teeth. It's nasty. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not that bad. You just don't chew it so much. Just kind of suck on it and swallow <laughs> it. Like suck it into like a. If it was the like last a little wad, and I didn't like, have a whole loaf of no, untoasted you bread just, at my disposal. <laughs> Speaking you just wad it into a this and toilet, then toilet paper thing is just it. ridiculous, dude. The toilet paper thing is uh, ridiculous. our county is like mellow enough, I think, and we've got enough. We've got less um, idiots per capita, I think. There's people buying toilet paper and like selling it on Amazon at a exponentially. Um, Which, by the way, is deplorable. deplorable. You guys are gross. This Horrible. is not video games at Christmas time. No. You know what I mean? Like, if Walmart raised the price of flashlights after an earthquake, everyone would say that they were Satan. You know? And here we have a, in this day and age, anyone can sell anything. And so it just gives all the opportunity for you guys who have zero accountability to anything to do it 
which by the way has been bugging me lately. Why do you do something just because you're not going to get caught? That's gross. If you're going to do something, do something. If you're, if you're not about that, you don't do that. That's integrity. You know, I'm just here to say world, look it up. Integrity. I know you've heard it. You don't know what it means. Go look it up. You guys are gross. But I actually solved this toilet paper shortage problem last night on a podcast that I did with Chris over oh, yeah, at yeah, Dead so Mouse. I, did that. I, lo- I love Chris, dude. Chris is awesome. Um, Everybody I, loves Chris. Well, I solved Chris. it eight years ago, dude. I've had a bidet since like 2011, so nine years there ago. There you I go. But, yeah, but that's kind of, I mean, that's just making, turning toilet paper shortage into plumber shortage. I, I'm going to like, I mean, unless I could just go get a turkey baster or something and be like, bidet. You can do that. With a turkey, <laughs> just dip it in the toilet, <laughs> dip sure it in the toilet, turn it around, but day. As long as you say it like that every time it hits you, Ooh, but day, but day, golly, but day. No, no, I did the old like camping, how to use one piece of toilet paper thing for mm. those of you guys that don't know it. Do you know that one? Um, I'm, when I was camping one time, uh, one of my mom's coworkers said that I was only supposed to use one square of toilet mm-hmm. paper when I wipe. And I, I was right. like, dude, that's how you get Not your possible. hand dirty. That's how you get nope. your hand dirty. Yes. Do you want me to show it to you? I have an example. I can Obviously, I'm not going to use a precious square of toilet paper. But for those of you guys who listened to the podcast and watched it on Chris's channel, I apologize for having to go through this twice. But in the uh, you know, for the sake of our my co-host, I, I feel like I have to do this. So here's how you do it: <clears throat> single square of toilet paper. Obviously, this is paper towel and is here for educational purposes. I would not sacrifice. Did you come prepared to show me this? No, I was just saying. <laughs> Why do you have that sitting so, there? Fold it. Well, because I tore it in half to use it last night to show the same thing. All right, so fold it in half. Okay, right, little triangle now, not a square. Fold it in half again, so it's a little triangle. Quarter triangle. Tear, square yep, dog. and then here's the the point at which all the little folds intersect. You can tear a little piece off, and you have to save this, okay? I'm going to save it right here. Okay. All right. Now, unfold it, and what I have is a square with a little hole in the middle, Yes. right? You put your finger in the hole, and you clean everything off with the little finger, and then it's like I'm wearing it like a kilt, like a skirt, you know? And I, I'm just going to squeeze it up around my finger and uh, wipe that off. Of course, you're still going to have the problem of the fingernail, but that's what this is for. Oh, my God, oh. dude. I promise you that I will find some kind of body of water, leaf, or some other such way to do it before I do that technique. I, I guarantee unless, you. Unless... I give you the idea of doing it on your podcast and you like the idea of shouting out your friend Garrett who told you how to wipe your butt like this and you would probably literally, I mean not podcast, your vlog. You would probably literally vlog this process. Yeah, I'm going to vlog it and how ridiculous it is. Not that I'm going to use right. it as the next technique. And then blame it. out of toilet paper. No, no, dude. <laughs> it's, it's only memorable if you actually do it as you vlog it. I mean, we need a visual to remember those things. It's disgusting. You you can't you can't just say it. It doesn't count. Then it's just like Can a we talk about dad reptiles? Well, I'm glad we got. I think we've gotten deep enough with this one. What do you guys think? Butter Are we still down. on the same subject? That's, I feel it's like we very far off of the toast. Uh, by the way, this might be a good time to tell those of you who thought this uh, podcast was about reptiles. It's not really about reptiles. It's searchable as reptiles because everyone in the reptile industry knows us, but it's just about Brian and Garrett because we're 
idiots and you guys keep listening. <laughs> but speaking of searching for reptiles, dude, I will tell you that the uh, in the Australia trip, which I would like to talk about a little bit, because that was a yes. very huge part of my month. It was most of my Frickin month. Frickin' Australia. Yeah. Australia. Right. Welcome home. Thank Welcome you. home. We found a plethora of species of reptiles out there and amphibians. It, it was... And a black palm cockatoo in the and wild. And a black cockatoo. Yeah, there were all kinds of birds everywhere. Yeah. I, I definitely filmed the black cockatoo. And we, <laughs> I named it. I was putting scientific names for the animals we found. And then when I got to the black cockatoo... Dave was like, I was like, Dave, do you know the scientific name for black cock? He's like, no. He's like, why don't, why don't we just go with the uh, blackest caucus? <laughs> so I put, I was like, eh, that sounds good. It's not like my channel is scientific. So I was like, all right, let's put blackest caucus. And I did, I did get a couple people like, you literally oh, didn't think about that. That was purely accidental. Well, no. You didn't think about the innuendo that that suggests? Oh, no, I definitely thought about it while I typed it in. Oh, and, okay. And I was going to say, I didn't notice it on the vlog because I don't think I was like looking at the screen right at that moment. Yeah, no. But um, I figured it out by your comment section later. <laughs> yeah, the comment <laughs> section. There's there a couple of people that private messaged me and were like, hey, I was just wondering uh, who you were talking to about getting your scientific names for the animals you were finding. <laughs> I, I was like, it was, it was actually a joke, but... <laughs> that, is, that is a lot of fun. Um, just... You know, I mean, some of you guys listening know us. Some of you guys don't know us that well. It is really cool when you have people that know you better than you know them because you're, you know, in the public eye or in this case their ear or whatever. Just hearing what they actually think about you, you're like, oh, my gosh, you have zero respect for my knowledge whatsoever. And yet you're subscribed to my channel. <laughs> what does that say about you? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But I will say about that trip, it was incredibly amazing. We did find lots of animals. Um, it was the opposite of getting skunked, even though there were times like it started to rain while we were there. And it basically chased us out of Alice Springs. In fact, I think if we had left two hours later from Alice Springs, we'd have been trapped down there because of the rain. Everything that was dry oh, wow. and desert on the so way. So this, like, this is like Phoenix type yeah, terrain or whatever, much, like boom, exactly chocolate waterfalls everywhere exactly killing what you. I related it to was Arizona and uh yeah and it was just like it started downpouring and, and ro creeks that were dry areas that were desert became like looked like marshes and swamps and the creeks were now rivers and like going over the the roads and we had to you know ford through rivers that were dry creek beds before um even on the road with bridges so it was we didn't find a lot of things because of that like a lot of things we were looking to find like we didn't see a single bearded dragon uh only saw mm. one blue tongue that was had, had freshly had its head squished on the road um, oh yeah, bummer there. We didn't see a parenti. No Tasmanian tigers, right? <laughs> no, we didn't go to Tasmania. <laughs> well, I, I think they're actually they're seeing them on in the outback? mainland, but oh, crazy. yeah, but not. Well, no, not. No, I don't think they're in the outback. I think they're like southeast. Gotcha. But, yeah, no, <clears throat> but we did find the target species that I was really hoping to find before I left. Where I was like, Which? if I. Thorny Devil, the uh, Molochorus. Oh, that is a cool one. Because, I mean, you know, I think a lot of the things I would naturally go want to find, and this is so stupid, but I'm just realizing that now. Uh, I'd be like, ooh, I want to find blackhead pythons. Oh, I want to find, yeah. you know, and like all, the, all these things. Find those. I, I want to find ackies. I want to find laces. I want to find bearded dragons and blue tongue skinks, a shingle back, you know. Everything I've seen in the pet trade. <laughs> And could go look at any time. Meanwhile, you got the thorny devil, which is like in books since I was a kid. Yeah, never exactly. laid eyes on one. They, they, you don't, you can't find them in zoos, captivity anywhere. You know, so 
that that is the stuff. Like a lot of the weird forest dragons they have down there would probably be a better thing to actually go looking for. Even sometimes like just geckos and toads. You know what I mean? Like we've got our little American toad hopping around the backyard. Ton of them. Yeah, and then when you see them in these other countries, you're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, There's this so. velvet gecko or whatever. It has that kind of fat tail. And that we found oh, yeah. at night up, up in Kakadu. Man, it's so, so cool. And the one thing that we found that became a bigger deal because of the big deal that other people in Australia were making about it. Like, this wasn't even necessarily on my list of things to find. I didn't realize how small of a range they have and how many people that live in Australia that have tried to find them have had no success, like, their entire lives. It was the o- mm. Owen Pelly Python. Oh, I could have told you that. <laughs> could have told, told me that what? That I, that I should Oh, just that they're like super cool and rare and it would be like ridiculously awesome to see one. You're yeah. saying you saw one yeah, in the yeah. wild? Yeah, it was at the end wow. of one of the days outside of Kakadu. And we were, you know, we were sleeping in this van. And Did you did you call Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre and rub it in their face? No, no, but I heard their story from Ewan because Ewan had said how they were talking about it on their podcast that they found one as well. Yeah, uh, right. Because they found one, didn't they? Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure they would want to. I thought the, I <laughs> they talk they, about I it all the did. time. I thought they did. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Guys, we, Dead, Ma- Dead Mouse and uh, Morelia Python Radio are really two shows that you need to. Dead Mouse is like a serious podcast where you learn about awesome people and then uh, from one of the most awesome people. And then um, Morelia Python Radio is where you're going to find out a, a lot of great information on reptiles from two of the oldest, scurviest reptiles in the industry. Yeah, Morelli Python Radio was actually the first reptile podcast I ever listened to. Yeah, yeah. those guys. I love, I love those guys, man. Um, the what was I going to say? Oh yeah, the Python. So we're, we're looking for a place to park. We had kind of basically winding down for the the night. You know, we're even done road cruising, and we're just looking for a place a place to pull the van over and and sleep for the night. And it was right at that moment that there was like a third of its body out on the road, and this thing was about three and a half meters, which is like you know a little over ten feet. And, uh, wow, yeah. that's I huge! Didn't realize how big I didn't it was. know. I just thought it was some kind of like larger um, uh, children's. I pythons. didn't think they were that big. <laughs> no, well, I mean they're carpet pythons, but Somalia, I, I guess. I mean, that's yeah. that's big. Are they Somalia? Owen Pelly pythons? Yeah, Owen yeah, is, is. I believe it was classified as Somalia. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. And it, it makes sense when you look at them. They do that same like triple s neck thing that all the scrub pythons do like it has that same look versus the carpet. i thought python. they were morelia i thought they were carpet pythons i i believe they are somalia i mean you, you, anybody can fact check me and i'm definitely not the uh head honcho of scientific names quite the opposite but we were with well speaking of those and he i mean uh, well, said it was somalia Wow. Okay. Well, I mean the the um the scrubs is what I would most want to find. I mean the uh yeah, uh, King Horneye. Blanking. Yes, thank you, King Horneye. So yeah, the big boys. Next time I go to Australia, that's the top of my list is is King Horneye. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, go look up uh, uh Tom Crutchfield just posted a monster one on on uh Facebook, I think today or I yesterday or something like that. Yeah. Gorgeous. I mean, the Southerns get really big. You you have not been to the Northeast Carpet Fest, but David Means brought the biggest, most impressive, and he's like, oh, this poor thing was overfed and blah, blah, blah. It didn't look fat at all to me, and I, I used to keep scrubs. I mean, it was it was hefty, but it was big, too. I mean, that this thing. That picture that Tom posted, the, ne- the neck on that thing looked pretty freaking hefty, dude. It looked like one of. I know. Well, like but that I believe that is captive. I don't. I, I don't know. I have to go back and see. 
I think it was captive bred. I believe it was owned by the guy in the picture. Okay, I would be so, really mind blown if that was a wild caught scrub because I'm just based on the size of the neck. Yeah, thick, big, juicy, lovely. Want to squeeze it? Voluptuous. <laughs> but yeah, he David brought a, a southern that was bigger than most of my retics. Well, bigger than all my retics, really. I don't have anything as big as this thing, and I was just like in love. I was like, this thing can cut me in half right now, but I gotta touch it. <laughs> I love. And I did. Like I'm. They are. Yeah, me too. Fantastic snakes. Dude. I, some, some of my favorite, actually. I saw a picture of a snake I'm gonna be getting soon today, and it is not a dwarf or super dwarf retic. Do you want to guess what it is? It's like super legit and anyone listening who keeps these will be, I can pretty much guarantee you that even though it's my first one, it will be better than yours. <laughs> uh, Morelli? Is it a Morelli species? No? Uh, I mean, it's in that, it's in that kind of bent. Yeah. It's not a carpet. It's not, it's not a carpet. A, are you getting a? Uh, oh, why am I freaking spacing? You're getting close. Name, dude. I, no, I know exactly. It's like I really want one. They start off red. They become black and white. No. With the black and white things on their face and the. Barnet a barnack scrub? No. no, not a scrub. Not a scrub. <coughs> not a scrub. Not a white scrub. lip? No, not a white lip. God, love it. I don't know why I can't. I'm spacing on the name of this animal right now. They've been one of the more impressive snakes that I've ever. Um, I don't know. Oh, bo- uh, bullets. Not bread lie? No, no not, not a bullets. No. Oh. This animal would be like commercial value would be higher than a bullets. I think for because but th- but that's because it's like a commercially desirable animal. Bullets are commercially desirable, but they're just awesome by themselves. You know, you don't have to do anything to a bullets. These ones. Like, they're pretty cheap. You can get them if they're not amazing. But this one is amazing. And when they're amazing, they're really amazing. So it's not some, like, obscure water snake, is it? No. you. I mean, everyone who's ever seen a reptile knows what this is. Oh. <sighs> everyone who's ever seen a reptile knows what this is. That's a pretty bold statement. A lot of people have it's, seen reptiles. <laughs> it's sta- statement stands. Okay. Um they may get it confused with a certain South American look-alike. Oh, so is it some kind of tree snake? Yes. Okay. Everyone on the podcast, by the way, is screaming at their car radio now, going, "Come on, Brian, it's this." Well, I'm sorry. I mean, guess it, kind of, guess it. But it's, so it, it's not a boa though, because he's divergent look-alike. Divergent right? evolution. No, the South American one would be a boa. This right, one right. is not a boa. It's some kind of tree python, it, or is it a venomous? Exactly. No, no, not venomous. Okay, so it's a green, uh, you, some kind of green tree python. Green tree python. Oh. Tell him what he's won. I'm sorry, oh I my gosh, you, I, that I took a really long so time. Obscure... Everyone turned off our podcast. <sighs> I thought no, I said it was a like commercial. <laughs> I thought he was no, saying I said it was super awesome species. Oh, I thought that it was no, I just said it was going to be better than everybody else's. Oh, okay, I got confused. No, this is from like not a lot of people have type of snake. No, there's a. Buddy of mine, Thomas Budway, that lives out here in Pittsburgh that has, you know, contributed with a breeding loan um, with Chris, somebody. I'm not a green tree guy. Sorry, everyone. You can fill in the blank. But um, holy crap. Just, I mean, normally, you know, the Neos look nice. 
they're red or they're yellow. And if they're fancy designers, they're red. These things are so red, they're black. I mean, they're one? black. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a fresh hat, so it's not blue yet. But it's, gonna but be it's from... It's from like some of the best blue and calico and melanistic lines in the country. Nice. So, and I get one. That's awesome, man. So I'll have this is actually before. this is actually my first pet in a long time. Years, right? Because, yeah. Well, I mean, like I have like kind of pet projects, sort of like where I have, and but they're still like locality retics you know what i mean i'm like ah, i can breed this like you you wanted you always liked my bantang male that mm -hmm. sulawesi male you know the one i'm talking yeah. about i have a gravid female superdwarf pure superdwarf to him right now and she's pretty epic i wouldn't want to give up a pure locality female for this breeding but i just happen to have a karampa kalatoa cross female which pretty much makes her like the smallest coolest superdwarf ever and uh, I've got a bunch of locks, and she's full of follicles to that Bantang male. So no morphs, just the coolest-looking snake to the coolest size snake. And, and really, I think his color and pattern, if you can close your eyes and remember it from the last time you were here, put onto a really busy high saddle count like the Superdwarfs have, it's going to be pretty cool. So I know you said you would want to get one. You said, I'll get my Superdwarf when you make this in a Superdwarf. And so I'm working on it for you, buddy. All right. Sounds good. Everyone else will be like, what a stupid breeding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cross, but it has no morph. I don't get it. <laughs> so. Uh, I, I, uh, I haven't gotten a new snake in a long time. Uh, That's a very relative statement. <laughs> it's been... Over a year. Oh. I talk, we talked about Hi, everybody. My name is Brian Cusco. Hi, Brian Cusco. Well, I got lots of... I haven't animals. got a new snake in over a year. Yay. You're so strong. <laughs> oh. Okay. I see what you mean by relative now. But... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I also got a lot of new animals this year that weren't snakes, which was a big first for me. Um yeah, so that was maybe a part of the reason, but yeah, you guys, you well, with the whole roaming reptiles things, you had a massive branching out all at once. Here's a frog. Here's a toad. Here's a lizard. Here's a turtle. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa! I never wanted any of these. <laughs> I love them all now, though. The little African bullfrog dude is a special, special place in my heart. He's so adorable. <laughs> those are crazy, dude. Aiden, my employee, got one of those like. Uh, you know, rescued, not really rescued, but somebody just was, you know, getting rid of it and they wanted to see it go to a responsible home. And Aiden reached out to, it was like a local person. I think it was, it wasn't Craigslist, but maybe Facebook page, he was getting rid of it. And Aiden hit him up and he's like, oh my gosh, I know you from Retail Reptiles. You could definitely have it. And he gave it to him. And now like I, I've been around a lot of pixie frogs, you know, um, prehistoric pets. We used to rent them out for the movies. So they would basically just had a collection of like, a lot of gigantic pixie frogs, right? Like more than 30 of the biggest that they could find. And they're prehistoric pets. They have pull, you know? So you're going to have some big pixie frogs. This thing dwarfed them all. It could swallow those ones and not have a lump. Wow. This thing could like suck on my face and not even stretch its mouth out. It's huge. Oh. This was, I mean, I, I'm just saying like, you know, I mean, I'm known to, I'm known to heartalize things or something. But for me to be impressed by a pixie frog, I, I think says a lot. You know, this thing was gigantic. I just couldn't believe it. 
I wouldn't be surprised if it weighed like four pounds. That's pretty good weight for a frog. <laughs> I'm just saying this thing is monstrous. You could see like lips right now. it it looked like a it looked like some form of gigantism, you know what I mean? With the big heavy brow and heavy bone structure and just extra gigantic. I don't know, it was awesome. Yeah. But it was almost uh, bigger than Aiden. Something I was gonna freaking talk about. I don't even remember spaced it i think the mixing of the three whiskeys is starting to affect me already well i want to know i want to know like so reptiles herping australia obviously epic lifetime adventure but what was your like personal takeaway (laughs) in Uh in what in what fashion i had a lot of personal takeaways I'm not referring to smuggling animals. No, no, that's not what I'm (laughs) talking about either. Stuffing dung mushrooms in your pants and bringing them home or something (laughs) like that. I'm talking about like, what? What did you learn? (laughs) You're not. I was not expecting you to laugh as soon as I asked that question. What? Oh, what did I learn? Oh man. Well, Well, yeah. What was your takeaway? Like, what? What was your like? Wow, I went to Australia and this was the main. Thing. Well, I did learn. Okay, so there's just some personal things. Like, I, I know that I, I really don't want to be away from the the family that long again. At least not while the kids are still this age. Um, I, it was kind of a blessing in disguise that Tinley got canceled. Goodbye, as as I really wanted trip. Tinley to happen. I really wanted Tinley to happen. Um, there was a, a big part in that when it when I found out I was canceled, there was like a, a big relief of like, okay, I'm gonna go get a flight and go straight home now then, and get to be back with the family a little sooner. Because it's, it's, it's a bit, not that I could, it's just, I don't know, maybe because of the age of the kids, maybe in the future it wouldn't be an issue, but at the age that Leia is in particular, not quite two years old yet, I just, uh, she, I could already tell, you know, luckily there's FaceTime, you know, we're spoiled with being able to still see their faces and have conversations, even though we're, we're gone. Definitely spoiled in that respect, but in in the near future, I wouldn't take a trip as, as long. Um, that's one thing I took away. So no, no Superdorf Island trip. Then. No, we can that do that. I just, not, I just don't want to be gone for close to three weeks. You know, two weeks is like 10 days to two weeks. No problem. Um, mm. and then there was, uh, <laughs> all I can think I of think is Dave, dude. All I can think of is Dave and how, cause I, I laughed so much at his expense that like, I almost started <laughs> to feel bad about it, but, um, Oh man! Well, he told me he had a good time, so you must not have ruined it that bad. No, I didn't ruin it. I, you know, I, I was never. I did learn that I, I do travel well. I, I I mean, I've known that for a long time. I've spent a lot of time traveling, touring with the band, blah blah blah. Like I've, I know that I travel well, and nothing bothers me. I didn't have a day where I was like, it was just a bunk day where I was like, oh, I'm just feeling bad, and I just want to go home. I didn't have a day like that. Um, but I did learn. (laughs) I did learn. You're going to have to tell us if this is going to work well in podcasting format. Just so you it's know. not. It's not. That's the problem. I, I, <laughs> I just I, I, I learned some things about it. So, so Ken and Harkin was also out there with us for the second leg of the trip. I, and I learned from him a bit more about how to record and not um, and just go and just go make it happen. Like when when he watched Ken and record his, his episodes <coughs> and his videos, it's just mm-hmm. like one take pretty much or, or, you know, a couple of different takes. And and he's he's got a broadcasting background so he's he's used to presenting on camera and just being around that and watching him do that like after i watched him do that for a few days i went to go do my like kind of outro and do highlights of of the trip and i and just from watching him i felt it kind of rub off on me a little bit where i was able to just speak more clearly to the camera and like and 
get the point across more clearly without fumbling over so much words and stuff, which is something that I, I, if you're with Dave a lot, you pick up a lot more of that because he does like 1700 takes on every single uh, scene. Yeah. I like how I've, I've been with Dave. He's, Hey there. What's he call him? What's he call him? Herbert? Okay, no, what is, yeah. Oh, there, thank you. Hey there, rattlers. Hey there, rattlers. Hey there, rattlers. This week I'm over here at reach out. <laughs> there are going to be some segments coming up on the vlog that if you enjoy laughing at Dave Kaufman or if you've ever had a, a, a good time laughing um, at Dave's expense. I'm sorry, Dave, I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Dave. I love you too. He knows that though. <laughs> the laughs, I, feel like we don't I, I, I didn't have, I never had so many heart wrenching. Like I thought I was going to have cardiac, cardiac arrest on one of these laughing spells. Like I, I thought I was going to be unable to continue living because I was laughing so hard on the ground. And honestly, that was the major takeaway, was, was learning how extremely hilarious Dave Kaufman is when he's trying to record his videos. <laughs> he just fell off his chair, for those of you who aren't Skyping with Brian right now. He's literally on the floor laughing now. <laughs> Sorry, I, was I supposed to have some more in-depth takeaway from the trip? I've traveled around a bit, dude. I've, I've been around the world no, a lot of time in Europe. I've traveled across the country with the band touring. I, <coughs> traveling, I, I know traveling. There's, there's nothing. It was another country. It was another new country to experience, which was amazing. Um, as far as leaving the family and the kids behind it, did that? Did you have any? Remember you on think one that of the podcasts you told me, hey, next time you're on a plane, think about what it would be like if you left your kids or if you know if the plane crashed and you were to leave your kids without a father you you I said that stupid seed in my head yes and I thought about it that's dick that's terrible when did I say did that? that I don't remember why you did it but you definitely it was did. on a podcast yes it was on a podcast well that's definitely why I don't remember it <laughs> that's a horrible thing to say I, yeah I thought so too when it popped into my head yeah. as I was flying I was like but it is it is good to let people know like hey kids um uh, I might die, so you know, make sure you got a plan B. I don't know. Oh my gosh, we're we're kind of morbid around here. Me and Ashley like to have conversations about like, hey, if I died, you know what I mean? Like, what would you do? Like, we were actually just talking about this um, as far as like purchasing some life insurance, which is stupid, but I don't have any right now. And I was like, you know, she's like, well, how much do you need? And I said, I think you should get enough to pay off all our debt and then cover you for five years. And she's like, well, what would I do in five years? Like, learn how to get a job? What, am I going to raise a kid or something? And I was like, well, no. I mean, you're either going to figure it out or not figure it out and have to, like, marry someone so that you can move on. And then I was like, if I died, would you marry someone else? And, you know, so then we have these, like, weird hypothetical morbid I can't imagine questions. why that type of topic ever came up this month at all. We're moving well, into the obviously, that I want to talk about at the beginning because uh, – Obviously – I was actually going to ask you if that had anything to do with you missing your kids because of Lars. Yeah, that was a big, that was a big part of it. So basically it was halfway through the trip, um, kind of, or almost halfway through the trip when I found out about Forrest and, uh, yeah. You, you guys, you guys know me and Brian were both very good friends with Forrest Fanning. And he's he's like my third friend that's my age, or actually all of them have been younger than me, that has died just since I started this little 
reach out reptiles thing. Third one. You know, Anthony out in the UK was the first one um, who took his own life. And then Brosnan. Ben. Huh? No, 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 no. Anthony no. Treble. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just coming in when I when <clears throat> he was on. I was the, like, uh, what? Retix Anthony. Worldwide, I think it was the page, right? Yeah. Uh, great guy. Salt. Salted. I hope you're okay out there, Mr. Prosper. <laughs> I hope you are prospering. Um, no, uh, him and then Ben Rennick, um, who was killed violently and, uh, and now Forrest. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't know, I didn't know Ben all that way. I had done one, done one interview with him, so I'd spoken with him and I, I definitely looked up to his example of business, um, but I didn't know him anywhere new, near like I, um, knew Forrest and, uh, maybe it's a good time to mention that there's def there's a because this podcast is coming out tomorrow we're recording it now and it's going out like literally tomorrow so that um ryan and erica mcveigh uh started an auction group so since the tinley park didn't happen and we we're going to be having a, a big benefit auction for them there at the us arc auction um they started up a a facebook group to have auctions to benefit desiree and lars if you guys don't know about that already um i'll put a link down in here but it's the maryland uh, Matt, sorry, Madison Area Herb Society um, auctions. It's M M A H S Maz M A H S auctions. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of. Um, I mean, there's a big pull for them. So you know, a lot of people have asked me what kind of super doors or whatever I'm going to donate, and I've donated super doors and stuff before. But to be honest with you, I would get more money for the family if I just sold one of my holdbacks and then donated the money. Um, which I would be happy to do if somebody wants to purchase like a significant holdback. I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. So call me, but, um, I figured I would raise more money. I, I have, I have a one, two approach, um, for this because so the, for those of you guys that don't know, Forrest was, you know, he's in his mid thirties. He leaves behind a, a wife and a one year old son named Lars, um, and his wife Desiree is just an you know really amazing person, and they'd been together since they were kids, like you know young children. And uh, so I don't know what she's gonna do, but but basically what I'm doing for the auction is I've gone through and taken a lifetime of reptile literature, basically a lot of the stuff that has I raised myself on because you know. I mean, that was my college education. If you want to think about it, it's all this money and stuff that I've invested. And some of these are, these were like old, difficult to find collector's books when I got them 20 years ago, you know, or, or even longer. So I'm going to donate a lot of that and a lot of the artwork and stuff like that that I've had around the shop and everything. So uh, a lot of those are worth quite a bit of money. Um, and those will be donated. And then Forest for anybody that follows me he was really into conservation and i think famously you know forrest and i had a, a reputation and a relationship that on camera we would just jag around with each other all the time just screaming that each other are idiots you know for our our viewpoints on stuff and and um i don't know how you can like love a guy and like just think he's outrageous and disagree with him all the time at the same time but that's the way that we were 
Um, but one thing that we could agree on was that some of these pure like island locality, you know, he was very much into conservation of reptiles and he loved learning about the superdors from me just because it's something that you can't read about, which is where he got all his other information. <laughs> he, would call, he would call your, uh, your rooms that the houses that you would rent for the, for the, what did he call He called them, uh. Retic bro or super dwarf uh, multi-level marketing <laughs> um, <laughs> conference. That's what he would refer to your your uh, bed and breakfast rentals at Tinley as uh, super dwarf multi-level marketing conferences. <laughs> I mean, I I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I mean, the guy knew what he was talking about, but I'm just saying. No, but. Um, yeah, he he actually bought a pair of snakes from Dan Maliri with some of the last imported, pure, like pure real deal Kalatoas into the country, and um, Dan had never been able to breed them. Um, and Forrest bought them, and he he sent them to me to breed, and I got a, a clutch out of them, and they're incubating now. And he used to always say, you know, I'm Reach Out Reptiles. His thing was Zoo Dreams. He's like, well, we have to do a, a bloodline and call it, like, we have to name it something so that it differentiates it from all these other, you know, Kalatoa or supposed Kalatoa bloodlines. And and he's like, what should you call it? And I was like, well, I mean, you can, it's a bloodline. You can kind of name it whatever you want as long as it's something that people will remember. And he goes, we should combine our names and call it Reach Dreams Bloodline. And I was like, dude, that's the cheesiest thing I have <laughs> ever hurt reach dreams i was like i can hear sad violin music playing as you say it in my head like that's the lamest but he really thought it was amazing and believed in it and i now that he's gone i think it's gonna be called the reach dreams bloodline of kalatoas and oh my gosh but Anyway, so long term for Lars, I need to talk to Desiree and see how she wants to set this up. But they should be able to produce money year after year. I'm going to keep some females back and grow them up and, and we'll sell some, you know, to get some money for her short term. But in That's the long awesome. term, once I, yeah, once we breed them, I, it was a breeding loan thing. And one of the things that we always disagreed on, he said, breeding loans never work. Yeah. And I, I generally would agree with him, you know, but I think, um, Anybody that's ever done one for me, I mean, whenever I do a breeding loan, it's it's to make a better animal, you know, not just try to make money cuz or something. And that's really what we were trying to do. So I want to prove him wrong. And um, he's saying breeding loans don't work. I'm, I'm just going to donate anything that I make off of that bloodline, you know, um, and any kind of profit from that bloodline just goes to his family from now on. So... Uh, all these things that I do, these are really very long-term projects anyway. So I figured it'd be great for people to help them cover some of the immediate response expenses now. Cause you know, we're talking about life insurance. He didn't have any. And so, you know, his family's getting stuck, stuck with some stuff. They had a massive zoo and the rodent breeding business and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And so they're going to really need it. So those of you who can get on that M A H S, um, auctions site on facebook can pick up some of my old books and a bunch of other great stuff that's on there i'm sure and help his family out um and then in the long term the reach dreams <laughs> kalatoa bloodline um, i'm i'm glad that we're we're talking about forest right now and, and i'm able to 
laugh about some of this stuff. Like, I'm glad you brought these point things. I, I haven't really been able to talk about them too much and, and, and laugh. Like, I, I haven't been able to do any of that, really. You know, I laugh a little bit when I think about it. Mostly it's not, it's not laughing. Like, even just last night I was typing up a thing um, for the that page and just a little because Erica wanted something up on there and I was like yeah of course and I, I was typing it and then I like towards the third three quarters of the way through I just lost it it's the middle of the night and I woke, woke up Hillary from it and she comes in and, like probably really worried about whatever's happening and but she sees what I was doing and, and realized it was a thing but uh, that's why I wanted to kind of wait I was glad we waited till closer to the end because I didn't think I was going to be able to talk about Forrest for a while without a uh, bring that up and I'm kind of distancing myself in my mind from my heart right now so that I can talk about him and not um not bring up what it, what it's been is just a mess of uh, I call them useless tears because they don't I don't think they help anybody obviously it's it helps me to deal with uh he's the first he's the first close friend of I've ever lost at, you know at, that's the same age as us and uh fuck yeah it's it's been rough dude it's been it's been rough rough week for that I, it's uh he had so much i feel like we're just getting started with some of the stuff like some of the stuff we talked about as far as and he has a lot more connections in that uh kind of aza world and and he's definitely putting a lot of work as far as working towards things getting people together on these different levels you know these these organizations that there's so many politics that they they kind of get in the way of progress of of bringing uh um, the reptile thing together more in as far as conservation and, and getting people on the same page to work towards a common goal like that was a big part of what he was he was working towards and uh, I feel like it was just we're just kind of getting started on that so like uh, I think people are really have definitely picked up how much of a loss we've we've had here not just of a person who was really fun to be around and, and laugh with but who had a serious drive and passion and, and dedication to making some of these things that I dream of uh, become a reality as far as getting people together on these on these and getting past the political boundaries that happen that stop progress of, of making all the realities we want to happen in the reptile world. Right? I mean, is that accurate? Like, that's accurate. I, uh, <clears throat> I obviously still can't talk about it, but yeah, the the... Well, I'm more of a Just, I'm more of a rain faucet usually. This is why this is this is also weird for me because like you're you're a stone, a piece of rock, and I'm I'm a freaking rain gutter, leaky rain gutter most of the time. So we're kind of trading places right now for some reason. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, I just really the, want. There's a few people I've I've been in the reptile industry, participating pretty heavily for some time now, and they're are people who do things and there are people who have impacts and there's stuff like that. Like, Oh, we wouldn't have this species of so-and-so hadn't brought them in or whatever, but there are very few people that give you like hope that you have an influencer that can move stuff in the right direction. Very few people. He was, he was the biggest. And there's, there's a lot of great people. And then there's a lot of effective people but it very rarely lines up on the same person where you have somebody who has a great vision direction, you know, and, and, and has the ability to, to make an impact towards that. So it's, it's, it's not going to be the same without him. 
No, it's not. And he he wasn't. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he wasn't even in the reptile industry that long, like for a tremendous length of time. But that's almost that's almost why it he was so exciting is because he was so young and and has already accomplished so much. And the great thing is most of the time when people talk about great people in the industry, like you know, if we're talking about Ben Rennick or something, it's because they're a breeder. Forrest used to make fun of himself all the time because he's like, I can't breed anything. <laughs> I just keep them all, you know? And and he was not known as a breeder. He was just a, he's a, a truly an animal lover, you know? Yeah, he didn't really have uh, a whole lot of... Bre- I mean, he, he unsuccessfully attempted to breed green trees for <laughs> quite some time. Yeah. Um, I'm getting this new green tree. He, that was one of the things he staunchly recommended I not do. I've been talking about green trees for a while. He's like, nope, don't do it. They all die. <laughs> Dude. And, but I, I'm, I've also, I'm also wanting to take this opportunity to use use this as an example of making the most of people while they're here because we never know when anybody's going to go um i would say somebody like like ryan i i hold in a similar respect as far as like knowledge and ability to make things happen like ryan mcveigh yeah, yeah. and erica and for erica. sure yeah obviously they they have that and uh so that's that's one thing I, I I wanted to speak at Tinley a little bit at Forest Memorial, and one of the things I really wanted to drive home with people is to do that is to take advantage of the fact that we are here now and we can help each other achieve these goals and, and not to waste time doing dumb shit like you know just finding what one thing we don't like about this person and you know I've always talked about that, but even more so now like just find the people that. And just help 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 each other out. You know what I mean? Just help each other out. That's it. It's, it's plain. It's a simple concept, but we get lost in in other things that are less important and caught up in bullshit that is not n- nearly as important as trying to help somebody out. You know, that's so much more impactful and important. Um, and something I'll we should t- all do I'll on a daily basis. I'll tell you, I was definitely like not looking forward to that US arc auction that ended up not happening at Tinley because I I just don't know if I can I just, I don't know if I can deal with it, you know. I just too much all the time, you know, too much too much deaths, too much you know, I don't think I don't think the world was made to be like this, you know, cuz it's definitely wrong. You can believe what you want about truth, right, wrong, whatever, but this kind of stuff happens. I think everyone knows that it's just wrong. It's not supposed to be like that, you know. Yeah, I but. I don't know. I don't know either. I I I'm not gonna pretend to know anything, you know. I'm somewhat I'm somewhat spiritual of a person. I'm actually a fairly spiritual person, but I I definitely don't um, claim to know any anything about any of what's really going on out there. Like I've had glimpses of it. But every time I get a glimpse of it, it's it's only that a glimpse, and then it, and then it's gone, and I've become my normal uh, dumb human self that doesn't really understand anything about the universe. I like to think I've got a fairly I, good grasp on it. I think that's the same for everybody, regardless of your background, because you're 
you're dealing with physical stuff every day, you know what I mean? And then there's this undeniable, the, the people who deny any kind of spirituality, those are the ones I don't understand, you know, because it's, to me, it's undeniable there is a spiritual side of ourselves. It's just, we're, we're distanced from it, you know what I mean? So, but that's not hard to believe. I mean, you're talking about how I was always like a rock when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's just because I'm distant from even the emotional side of myself, you know, too much crap, too much crap to deal with it, you know, but yeah, boy. And then after, after all that kind of stuff and, and psyching myself out to get ready for that, um, you know, I had a lot of business strategy stuff hinging on this this March Tinley show that didn't end up happening. Um, I mean, you know, we did like a little logo rebrand and stuff like that for the... But I had a lot of animals. I was really excited to bring a bunch of pure locality animals to finally be able to show people in person for all these people that say you can't tell the localities apart but also only have one, maybe two of the localities themselves. You know, and we we're gonna produce five this year, and so it was really cool to to have all those babies available and show people the differences in person, and oh, you know, just geek out about the stuff that I like. Um, and I had you know invested pretty heavily in the new logo. You guys can check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, I think it'll take time to to grow on everybody, but I'm pretty happy with yeah, it. It's, it's um, taking some time for me for sure. <clears throat> I, I think I was one of the first people to see it and I'm still, <laughs> still trying to accept it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it will take time, but it is a, uh, and you can enjoy the old logo. I enjoy the old logo. I designed it, you know, and it, in that logo, it's like the entire story of what my business stands for. But the new logo is just it's a, nothing like the old wrecking. No, I mean, it's still vintage. You know, it's still got a vintage feel. You should have seen, I wish you could see the booth because, you know, when, when you take like, you know, just the icon or whatever by itself, it's not, I, can see I don't the skyline know, it, it doesn't. I mean, I do see the skyline of a city <clears throat> skyline in the snake. So. Yeah, I thought, I thought they did a good job of the two, like city and nature together or whatever kind of thing. But at the same time, um, yeah, I wish you could see it in its... What's that? If you can see the rest of the booth, it makes more sense. Well, you just get to see it in its native, like you can see shirts and hats and, and like I had a big uh, metal, it's like this color, this orange color is supposed to be the color of rust. I actually showed him a picture of this rusty wall behind <laughs> I, I love that we've transitioned into, into Super Dwarf Marketing. <laughs> no, it's... right into Super I'm, Dwarf Marketing. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, I said I wasn't even going to do it because I don't care, but... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I had, yeah, I guess I just had a lot to say that I didn't get to say. No, but, I, I understand. But yeah, that. I had a big, all that. I had a big rusty metal one cut out and you know like welded into the booth and seeing it with the motorcycle there and all that kind of. It's just, it feels right. It feels good to me. So sure. I'm excited to kind of use it over time and and get used to it myself. And no, I understand but, what you're saying. It was already there was already plenty to deal with, and then you you showed up. I mean, I showed up to Tinley ready to just cry with everybody all weekend you know like that was that was my investment in Tinley. it was like I'm i was afraid i was afraid investment and you were ready for yeah that i too, was guaranteed but yeah you, i was i, showed up I was nervous flight. about that. i was already there like i showed up on a flight and then i found out it was canceled when we landed and i was just like okay i'm gonna turn out go home you showed up with a 24 foot trailer a caravan of three vehicles with 
your whole family and like yeah you sh you were more physically invested we dragged by i far. mean people know people know aiden my employee had been wanting to come to this show for over a year and we almost made like a joke of it on our channel about you can't go you're not 18. he turned 18 then he got hit by a car walking across the street broke his pelvis and uh you know got that thing bolted back together and he's wrecked he's got a brain bleed he's little dude got clobbered broke his knee broke his pelvis Jeez. screwed all back together and endured a nine hour car ride to be there uh, people donated their hotel reservations people spent money to get him there and then we show up and it's like we're an hour away and they're like nope never mind it was going to be the first show that i brought my you talk about not wanting your wife and kids you know like you and i talk about this at every reptile show we go to, I wish the wife and kids could all be here and get together, you know? And because that's, I mean, we love reptiles, we love our families, and it'd be cool to have all that in one place, selfishly, you know? Definitely. <clears throat> but logistically, it's another thing. So, I mean, I had four little kids from ages nine down to two in the car for nine hours, you know? And it was really hard because we still drove through Indianapolis which is where Forrest lived and we we're going to stop and do the pre-party thing and hang with them. And my kids are excited to see baby Lars in person and all the reptiles. And we pass that up and it's like, well, that's not happening. Then we get right within the, the edge of the show. And, uh, yeah, someone calls and says, yeah, guess what? That's not happening again either. And it's just weird. I don't like, I, th I think the show getting canceled is just a, a very physical and real representation of the hole that Forrest leaves, you know, like all this stuff, you get all geared up. So like, I'm like, I, I've said it a couple of times, so I'll say it again or whatever, but like, I hope it just doesn't come across. I'm just being honest with people, but I think I'm out like $15,000 on the show. Right. So, I mean, I was going hard for it and that that's just a small peace compared to like how much i was looking forward to i mean i can't tell you dude i got eggs in the incubator from like an impossibly difficult to source difficult to breed pair of snakes that forrest invested in in me just because he's a cool guy and he knew that i loved those and he knew that i was the right place for them and i'd get it done and i did and they're a month away from hatching i all i wanted was for him to, you know, kind of see what I see about the superdoors. And I knew that was going to happen if he saw those little babies poking out of the eggs. And yeah, I don't know. Life goes on, but it's just, I don't know about you, but for me, it starts to lose its meaning after a while. There's still stuff to do. There's still relationships, but it's, it's hard to just, it's hard to just keep moving. I mean, I'll do it because not everybody does. I'm just going to stay here and do it. But that's my whole life. My one skill, my real true skill is nothing about business, reptiles, whatever people might think I'm good at. It's it's not that. I mean, my one skill, and it was very evident in like high school football, is you can just hit me a lot and I don't care. <clears throat> that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with life, you know. You can hit me a lot, and I'll just keep doing me. And uh, it's not fun, but it is what I'm good at. It's like the one thing I'm good at.
So here, so here we are. I get to be me again. It gets to be a hit, and you know what I mean. Like the difficult things that that face us, whether it's our mortality and physical, you know, mental, emotional weakness, the things that make us human, whatever the case may be. <laughs> I'm just. I think I here, think your skill is more than uh, just being able to take a hit. Like you definitely. I mean, maybe I'm biased in this, but you, you've got a way of, of connecting with people on a very real emotional level. Like, that's my experience, and that, I recognize that. If that's true, if that's true, it's only because I'm the last one that looks people in the eye and talks to them, like, and just tells them what I think, you know? Yeah, I just think it's, I don't think it's anything special for me. I think if you rewind the clock, 75 years, everyone did that. I think that's just... I just think that there's not too many people left like that. That's all. Well, I don't mind being different. I don't try to be like everybody else. So, but that's my one greatest skill is just the ability to suffer. I, I guess. I think sometimes why I why I get so emotional. Thank you for talking there while I gathered myself together. Um, like why I got especially like the first time we met and like we were leaving from Tinley. It's just that your that, turn. I, I think I fast forward um, quickly in time in my mind and, and heart. And like, I just, I, I fast, I was like, oh, I met this fucking awesome dude. And like, and then somewhere, somehow my mind and heart fast forward to like the end of it. And, that, and then we're, and the leaving is like, just leaving, even though we're just leaving the show. Like, I fast forward to the moment that all that comes and I have to say goodbye, you know? And it's, so I, I'm, I'm just making a hypothesis about why it is that I get. Um, so emotional and also having kids, you know, definitely changed something in me as well as far as being able to just let emotions fly out like that because that wasn't always the case before then. Um, and I, I think that's what it is. Like, I think I fast forward into the moment that I, I know that we're all going to have to say goodbye eventually. And then when I had to say goodbye that time, I was like, no, I don't want to say goodbye. I want to stay and hang out because I'm having fun. Like, this is good. I'm really enjoying this time that we're spending together and it's it means a lot to me and and then i fast forward to the moment that we're gonna have to say goodbye eventually and i just lose it that's what happens i think you know it's funny is i was talking to this this green tree python guy thomas uh today about just the the state of mental state of being with what i see in these green tree python keepers and it's very different i think than a lot of reptile keepers because we plan on things, we calculate things, we expect things to happen with the more, you know, like mainstream or predictable species that we work 55 with. 55-day incubation, 50 Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, people are always like, oh, you got those females, so you're gonna be doing that breeding next year. You know, and you're like, well, maybe you shouldn't count on that because <laughs> I don't know if that, that's the only female that makes those and I don't know if she's gonna breed every single year for you because it's convenient for you to wait a year or whatever, but um, green tree python guys aren't like that. They buy an unsexed neo. They don't know what it's going to look like. All they have is like bloodline and history, which is kind of cool. That appeals to me. But all they have is like knowing the family lineage, but they pick an animal. They don't know the sex. They don't know how it's going to turn out because they don't color change for a while. And, uh, and they just appreciate. And then the animal's a pain in the ass too. They never eat. They try to die all the time. You're actually much less likely that if you 
bought a green tree and raised it to breed it, you're far less likely to be successful with that animal than you are with, say, a ball python. With a ball python, you're probably going to be successful. With a super dwarf, you're also probably going to be successful as long as you can wait that long. With a green tree, you got to wait a long time and you're probably going to kill it. <laughs> you know, not like that they're sensitive or whatever. I don't want to give the wrong impression, but they, they're just there's not a lot of people that have regular success with them i mean the the people who are breeding them i think and i think this is kind of similar with the pure superdor stuff at least it's like every time you get a clutch it's really special because it's been so long since you had one and it might be a while since you have another one i mean we just hatched the jampeas the first time in a decade it's something i always wanted to do first time for anyone in the u.s in the decade not me yeah when we were and, at, at the arlington show um the first time I went, Forrest and I were there talking with uh, Dave Barker. The first time we both met him, and, and he, Forrest was just on him about every little tiny scrap of information he gathered off that guy about green tree pythons and breeding green tree pythons. Like he was just like milking him for as much knowledge as he possibly could um, amongst all that. We sat and talked for about like three, three and a half hours, but that, that was definitely something I noticed. I remember Forrest just being like, yearning for any little shred of green tree information that he could get from Dave was. Uh, that's something I remember. He reminds me of like what Jay Leno is to classic cars. Forrest was to reptiles. He reminds me of like a young Jay Leno, just like an encyclopedia of everything. Oh look, the high, the headlight, uh, the headlamps are wrong on this 1939 Bugatti. You know what I mean? Totally. So it's just yeah, he was crazy. And, you know, he's a punk, and it was all book knowledge and no experience because he never actually bred anything anyway. And he could always tell tell all the breeders that they weren't doing it right while, while having never done it himself. That was part of his charm, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, like, he could he could rip you apart and love you very much. You know, the one thing I – here's what I learned from Forrest, something I've I've literally been implementing in my life. I think a lot of people in the reptile industry are like, look at me, give me credit, give me credit. And Forrest was always talking. He name dropped like there was no tomorrow. That's true. And not in a way like to make himself look good, but no, he would just he brown. He knew everybody. He then. would brown nose and name drop everybody all the time and talk them up. And he, he loved ripping into me and insulting me, but then he would stop for like 10 seconds and you could see it creating an internal conflict and then you come back with like no but you know i mean you're really great because you're the only one that follows this stuff through and you're the only one that cares about it outside of the financial side of it you care about the animals with sake you know or whatever he was gonna say he would he couldn't let it go that way you know like even when we were doing things on for social media like youtube or whatever we would always you know edit the conflict together and then leave out the parts that where we bounce back because it doesn't make as entertaining a video it's always more fun if you're like oh garrett and forrest really going at it but the truth of the matter was he he loved to learn who was doing great stuff and give them credit that's all he ever did yeah that's that's true you know and he knew he'd always bring up these obscure names of people like obscure to me you know but they were very you know, maybe important in describing a species or something. And, and would always, yeah, like you said, always trying to give people. Credit. He was always wrong about those though. I mean, let's be serious. <laughs> Obscure to you. I know what he was talking about. Like that guy wasn't, that species isn't named after that guy. That just coincidentally sounds the same. You read too many books for us. Oh my <laughs> gosh. But 
No, I mean, I, I'm just kidding. But we, we would actually laugh a lot, a lot about a lot of the stupid things because we're both like young. And, you know, one of the things he used to always laugh, laugh with me about, he's like, yeah, I lied about a lot of stuff too. You know, trying to make myself look cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but, oh man, I, you know, I don't know. I think we, I think Forrest and I, the reason why we were friends, we both had this kind of like burden for greatness. And I think he just burned out too fast. You know what I mean? I think he just is. It, it just you know when you shine the light shines that bright, it just can't last that long. I guess I don't know. I don't know what it is, but yeah. yeah. I'm more abusable, and I shine a lot less brightly. But <laughs> this art bag is a suitable half price substitute for Lagavulin. I think the Lagavulin stuff is better, but. I'm gonna go ahead and say Fuck. that uh, that tons tons stuff here is uh it's winning the battle right now. It's the, the one urine, that, really yeah, over the, the other stuff. Yeah, it's the one that I. You know, in. you know he he said he makes that at home. You know he literally just drinks way too much and then pees in that bag. <laughs> that's disgusting. Shortly after he handed you the bag, he told me that's how he makes it. He says I it just drink a lot. And then pee in this urine bag from the hospital. And he's like, I keep giving it to people. They keep drinking it. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of this alcohol just tastes like piss anyways. I just do it anyway. Mm. By the way, thank you, Aaron, for this. It's uh, pretty good. It was a nice little last-minute surprise. The <laughs> sponsorship. Hats off to you. If I you guys haven't stay, seen I wanted to stay somewhat positive. But I just got to say, say one thing. There's a lot of people commenting wondering, like, what exactly like they want specifics people that don't even know who Forrest was want specifics about what how exactly he passed and i've was pretty damn close to the guy i don't even know or need to know the exact exact specifics we know that he's been dealing with you know seizures and stuff for a while and i just want to tell those people to fuck off stop leaving goddamn comments wondering with your damn morbid curiosity why the fuck just drop it please okay yes yes it's it's just just stop it please okay that's it all right i'm done sorry <laughs> to be i i feel that way a lot but to be fair i do know what happened and you know anytime somebody passes away like this unexpectedly it's it's personal you know what i mean that's like i mean desiree his wife can talk about it if she wants but here's the thing like I understand some people are like, you know what, let's bring attention to, you know, because everyone, a lot of people knew he struggled with illness. That that was kind of the thing that came out. And um, okay, I, I apologize for losing my cool guys, but I, I just I no, don't, no, I just you don't, that. you don't have to because honestly, I'm glad you said it because I I feel that way every time I see one of those comments, and I I try to give the commenter the benefit of the doubt because you know I I've heard certain people say like you know I I wish that we could kind of bring awareness to the problems and I can things respect like that. that. I can what, respect that. Yeah, like if you told me what the illness was, we could like do like a I can 100, you know, awareness run. That. It's the morbid curiosity that I can Just like, a, that just I like the breast, breast cancer thing type of deal. Sure. Yeah, you I know what I mean? I 100% can respect that. So I think that there are a lot of people that do it that way. But I got to tell you, you don't if you have to ask, there's some there's reason why people aren't telling you and it's just because it's, it's really personal, guys. Really painful. It's really fresh. You know what I mean? And, like, you know, if his wife wants to come out and talk about that, she can. But it's not our place to do that kind of stuff. 
And I don't think that you guys who are commenting realize it, but the, the way Brian just went off is like, I mean, I can't tell you <laughs> what it feels like on one hand to find out one of your like best friends is dead, leaving his wife and one-year-old behind. And in, in the next moment, I mean, you know how I, I'm accessible. So it's like 250 texts later about Forrest is dead. What happened to Forrest? What happened to Forrest? And I mean, I'm trying to just maintain some normal sense of normalcy in my life. But every day since he's passed, I've had dozens and dozens of questions that keep taking me back and putting me in this place that's crippling to me like emotionally because it, it brings it all back up again. You know what I mean? That Just that I have to think about it. And it's like, look, guys, I'm just trying to tie my shoes right now. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to feed my kids breakfast. I'm just trying to, like, sit down and at the beginning of the day get ready to, like, answer some emails and, and try to help some people out, you know? And and I keep getting called back to this this really painful thing that happened to me. And most of the people that are asking didn't know him. They're just, like you said, morbidly curious or whatever. But... You're freaking putting me through it, guys. Yeah, I mean, you really are. So I, I definitely feel the way, Brian. So I, I just hope people can see both sides and, and, and respect the family and friends and stuff and give them the space. Is You don't ask me because you know that I know. I'm not I'm not going to tell you because it's not yours to know. You know, if you know his wife and she feels like telling you, she'll, she'll tell you or whatever the case may be, you know. But... And I, I didn't even hear it from her either, so it's definitely not my place to to yeah, say. I don't think it's any of our places, honestly. No, no, uh, it's just. I'm glad you said it more eloquently than I did, but sometimes I just need to tell people to fuck off, dude. Uh, that's it. Like I don't do it often, but when I'm really feeling it, I will. I will do it. And I'll say it, and I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, but I do apologize. Yeah. That's that's it. It's just it's a shock. It's a shock, and it everybody shock. wants it's emotional. Everyone. It's emotional. Everybody wants to know what, how did this happen? Why did, why did this, what was so right in the industry go so wrong? So, I don't know, man. I. Well, here's, here's what we're going to do, right? We're going we're gonna to keep the direction and the energy that he had going towards everything that was going to be a positive move direction forward with everything that's happening in, in this hobby. And we're going we're gonna to keep that going for him. That's what we're going to do, right? Good for you, man. I'm just trying yeah. to survive over here. It's going to be hard. I didn't say it was going to be easy. I didn't say I was going to do it by myself. As, <laughs> as one pair of Yeezys, I don't think I can fill. <laughs> he did wear some big-ass shoes. Yeah. No, I'm not trying to fill the shoes at all. That's not even <sighs> running across my mind at all. I'll, I'm, I'll I'm make just, the Reach Dreams bloodline. Yeah. And promote the hell out of that. And that's that's what I can do. And I'll contribute to the family long-term financially to try to help them do that. That's going to be huge. I'm committing to that if anyone else can come beside us. I mean, guys, just jump on that MAHS thing and and buy some of my crap that I wish I didn't have to give away. But, I mean, this was worth it. So, you know, buy a bunch of those books off of me and have fun. You know, I've read them all a few times. Um I feel is it okay if, bad that I yelled at people across the freaking podcast. I, I can know. tell you did, but hey, you know what? You slipped up, you drank a bunch of tons of piss, and now you're feeling honest. It's all right. 
It's all right. We're way into this I, podcast. I'm always now. feeling honest. I just like to find because there's always multiple things happening within my mind. All right, mind. you're feeling honest, but now you're feeling unfiltered, less filtered than that pee was through his kidneys. Now you are completely unfiltered. Anyway, uh, there's just no, yeah. It's this just, is the reason I don't do it very often is because I don't really find a real purpose in it. I don't if unless there's a real benefit to what I'm going to say. You know what I mean? Like if, if there's a real then I don't then I don't say it usually. I think there is a benefit to that being said. Okay. So don't feel bad. I but just, I'd kinda like to I'd kinda like to move on a little bit. Is Let's that okay on. with you Let's guys? Move on. That sounds great. Right. Craig and Alyssa Leonard. Location uh, sponsors. Leonard. <laughs> Leonard, 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 Leonard. <laughs> you guys can correct us. Go on searchable as reptiles. There's a Facebook community page. If you guys listen to the podcast, you don't go to the community page. I think you're missing out. And even if it's boring on there, jump on and just stir some shit. You know, it's 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 actually not boring. It's literally my favorite Facebook place to go. Um but um yeah, they said that they're gonna try to um be the next location sponsor no, so you I, I mean yeah obviously you guys um know we have the drink sponsors that's something we mention every week the location sponsor thing is super fun and we've had a, a like a couple of them but basically what happens is um 1500 bucks covers hotels flights uber whatever rental car or something for me and brian to come somewhere of your choosing and podcast <clears throat> and so we have a, a couple of them going on. We have some lined up for like pet shop, local pet shop openings. There was uh, one couple that just thought it would be cool to make us podcast from their house. And we're whores, so we'll do it for money. <laughs> and uh, so $1,500 bucks location sponsor, mostly so that Brian doesn't have to do this remote look recording thing because it makes more work for him. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty cool. So if, if you guys are bored and you got 1500 bucks, or you got five buddies that all have 300 bucks, and you want a location sponsor this stuff, let's make it happen. Craig and Alyssa, Lynn, uh, and Alyssa I'm calling you guys out. They're saying that at Repticon Atlanta, they want us to do it. And Alyssa's going to talk to the show promoter down there and say that we need to do it. And, you know, the, when we do the reptile shows, like... Um, you know, the guys that, that promote these reptile shows, sometimes they sponsor us to be there. Sometimes we podcast because it's literally like the only time me and Brian see each other. And so a lot of times when we're talking about these shows on our show, it's just because we're there. <laughs> it's what we're talking about. They didn't pay for that. It's not a it's not a location sponsor or anything like that. But, yeah, you'll, you'll get a shout out. It'll be a lot of fun. So, um you know, Alyssa's going to try to make that happen down there at the Repticon. So, Alyssa, I know you're listening, and uh, please don't drive off the road this time or something because I called your name out on the on the thing like you did after that one Tinley that I got, you know, roofied or whatever. And you're like, I don't remember the night either, but I remembered you. And I was like, well, she's not going to remember this night. So don't drive off the road like the one time I said that on that podcast and shocked you when you were listening to it the next time. But... Yeah, Craig and Alyssa, we we love you guys, and that would be cool. Um, the uh, the only other thing that I wanted to mention is that um, you know Lori Johnson, obviously. Oh, yeah, of course, we've had many uh, phone calls. Oh, this reminds me of something else I want to just bitch at you about. Lori Johnson, uh, her husband Brian is like super into like you know vehicles and stuff like that, right? So. Um, they have an old Ford Model T that uh, that they're looking at 
potentially restoring for to add to the reach at reptiles fleet of old rusty vehicles out here wouldn't that be sick i don't know some of you guys right remember on facebook i was like hey listen i need a shop vehicle and i took some just like old hot rod picture and i like slapped my old logo on the side of it and said make me one like this i'll trade you for super dwarves so she wants some pretty significant super dwarves. i think she's actually gonna buy them but regardless um if brian and Lori get this thing pulled off it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty fantastic um and I would honestly love just to have something like that from them because it would be cool to think about them as I drive around. You know, that stuff's sort of – you know, Justin uh, Lathrop um, built me the, the Chevy C10 that I drive right now for the shop. And That was very recent. And yeah, yeah. And it's really cool just to – like, I mean, I don't talk to them all the time and stuff like that, but it's cool to drive down the road and think about them. So I'm actually, uh, I, I think I'm going to be visiting them this summer, going out to their place really mm-hmm. dude their place is crazy i haven't been there but i've seen pictures it looks, yeah, and it looks pictures nice video look crazy. yeah that's the plan is they, they manage like a three thousand acre property up in oregon or yeah. something like that would be pretty nuts so yeah but at any rate um yeah that stuff's fun I, I love when something has a story behind it it just makes that much more fun especially if it's something that's kind of like a collector's item or something like an old car or or a reach dreams kalatoa or something like that but <laughs> <laughs> no I, I mean i'm serious if you have yeah i shameless i know i know just it's all right guys you can unsubscribe it's this is the truth of who i am i can't help it i don't apologize for it i'm shameless shameless whore i'm not trying to pretend to be anything else that's great fantastic oh Man, do you know? So coronavirus, I, I'm everyone's sick of hearing it, but what is going on? It's just a, a overreaction for the most part, and it's a. Uh, I mean, but it's a huge, it's a huge impact. I mean, people have freaked freaked out about these other diseases before, but I actually know some people that have it. Like they're like, yeah, I coughed, I took my temperature, well, I yeah, didn't if, go to work that healthy, day. It's not going to be that bad. It's going to be like a, a mild flu, from what I understand. If you're if you're healthy. But if you're not healthy, then which is I guess true of anything that you can happen to you, yeah. if you're not healthy, it's it, gonna be right. Good. I mean, yeah. like if Aiden and his state of being fell off a ladder, it would probably be worse if I fell off a ladder. But I don't think we need to stop keep everyone away from ladders. Yeah, I, mean, well, I don't know. I'm being to, insensitive. I hate to but... bring in the freaking conspiracy theorist side of me that like just thinks it's just a way, another way to could gain control of the economy and you know control what people are doing. But that's where my mind goes. I'm like. Stay in your homes, citizens. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, don't like I just it. think it's nuts. I think it stopped everything. I mean, we are literally podcasting from opposite ends of the country right now. Jesse Johnson, Freedom Breeder, was going to be our location sponsor this week. And uh, it got nixed just because of everything going on. Sure. Yeah, coronavirus. Stupid. The one side Stupid of me crazy. that said So, so here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. I, I, I mean, illness is bad. People die. That's horrible. You know, when you put it in perspective, I think like, okay, people, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's all kinds of difficult things that happen and stuff like that. And it's easy to become a number. If it's something that's affecting you and stuff like that, then it's, it's devastating. I mean, we've been talking about forest this whole time or whatever, because it's something that's close to home and it affects us. A lot of listeners, it doesn't affect them. They're just like, who's this forest guy? You know what I mean? And they don't, they turned this thing off half an hour ago. But, um, you know, the, uh, the thing about it is the worst part is what people are doing about it. It's, 
any negative impact that the, the disease has had itself is far outweighed by people who are like profiteering off of other people's misfortunes. It's like, yeah, or, it's or just people crazy. losing out because I mean, all the schools in our county were closed for the rest of the month, and then you know, jobs are being so is, affected. It, and again, I jobs, I mean, it's one to, thing, like, it's, it's one thing if your company, if you run a hotel. We were at the, the, the Holiday Inn in Tinley Park, and nobody was there. It's the weekend of Tinley Park. You know every hotel in a 20-mile radius is booked. Right. That hotel parking lot, you cannot park a motorcycle there when Tinley is there. I was standing outside. I did a live uh, stream from my you YouTube channel. across the whole parking lot all day long, yeah. It, it was like, yeah, it was like a freaking church parking lot on a Wednesday night or something like Nobody was at, there. That's what they said at that, that uh, hotel that I stayed at the, at the airport right before I flew back out the next day. The <clears> lady working at the restaurant down there was like, yeah, tomorrow they're going to be laying off a bunch of people. Didn't you say there was like nobody on your plane? Uh, yeah, on the way back from Australia, we had whole rows, not just not just rows to ourselves, but the rows next to us were empty. You know, it was so, like, yeah. So I, I understand if rows. your business is shutting down because you're a hotel and everyone's like, I ain't staying in no nasty hotel coronavirus dripping off of everything right now. But the but I have buddies that are getting laid off of work that their company has like literally nothing to do. They're like online jobs and they're laid off of work for no reason, like literally no reason. I don't understand why you would ever have to close that company because there's a virus going around. It doesn't make any sense. People that work remotely getting laid off and like stay at home. You're like, what? I, well, I work from thing home. The media has been pumping. I mean, you, you mentioned uh, in, how was it in Australia? There, there was one case while I was there in the Northern Territory. Like there was a case confirmed in the Northern Territory. And the next day, and 2,000 media broadcasts about yeah, it. Well, yeah, not just that, but like the this one paper I saw the next morning. We walk up to the shop and the paper, big bold letters across the entire front page, coronavirus hits the Northern Territory hard. Crazy. One confirmed case. <laughs> That's so stupid. Yeah, I mean, but at this point, it's like I got four little kids. I got one in diapers. I don't know if I'll be able to get baby wipes from him. You know what I mean? I'm going to have to get the – Yeah, I've told you before, you need a vlog dog. I need a diaper dog that just, like, wrestles dirty diapers off the kids and licks their booties clean. You know what I mean? Like, trained to toss that dirty. And then we'll just be like, oh, the baby's walking around naked again. The vlog – it looks like the – I was going to say the vlog dog. Looks like the diaper dog got him. You know what I mean? Just slap a clean diaper on there and go to town or whatever. Like – I'm going to have to actually invent something stupid like that so that I can get through this thing. But it's nuts. It is. It's just nuts. It, it always worries me kind of how how much uh, people will believe what they hear on It just, news you know, and- guys, like if you don't need to do something, don't do it. That's all. You know, like right now, there's the, the country's in lockdown. We don't want to contribute to spreading it or whatever. But, yeah, guess what? Like um, we don't have coronavirus here at the Hartle House. So – Regardless of what we're doing, not we're not contributing to spreading it unless we get it. You know what I mean? So, and I, I'm not trying to be ignorant. I mean, I realize what people are trying to do. There's there's a little line that starts low and goes up and goes down, and you want to make it go up a little bit less or whatever by staying home and being a hermit or whatever. But guess what? I'm always a hermit. I work out of my basement. You know what I mean? Just like I still want to be able to buy some toilet paper. I barely got this Ard bidet, bag bidet liquor. I was gonna say bidet. Bidet, hoo hoo! I'm telling you, it's a wonderful thing. Ooh. There's a reason I never went back after the first time I tried one. 
Doesn't your underwear get wet though? I mean, I it's lived in Indonesia a year. Oh, it's got a built-in dryer on it. It's a seat. A dryer. You replace your toilet seat with this thing, and it is more comfortable than your toilet seat. It's wait, 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 wait. Slow down. Want. Look, yeah, no, wait, it's not wait, just wait, a little wait, spray wait. handle that you attach the side. There's your a there's a dryer on it. There's a dryer on it. There are multiple. So this is an American bidet. This is not like I mean, bidet is France. In France, they just shoot water up your butt and this, call you good. This is actually it's actually a Japanese bidet. And it, oh my goodness! It like you can choose, select the temperature you want the seat to be. Like it's, uh, and you you feel clean. With I've had this, this thing for eight nine years, bro. I swear by this thing. I I no I'm wonder fortunate. you smell so bad. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I lived in Indonesia for a year. They do not have toilet paper there. I survived, but it was always this like, hmm, do I walk away dirty or do I walk away wet? That was the struggle. And, of course, they all wear, like, the little uh, sarongs, you know what I mean? It was just like a kilt. That they're, yeah, you just, like, you're wet. That's fine. I mean, everything's wet. This is Indonesia. Yeah, well, you know this, what is, I mean? this is the United States. Of America, I like to friend. be dry and clean. So you're telling me your bidet has a little, like, air dryer on yeah. it. Like, it does. Just fluff those butt hairs. Huh? It does that, yep. Yeah, it's gross and weird. <laughs> no, it's clean. That's want- the idea. You don't have to stick your hand down there with some paper. I kind of want to come down and try it at your house, though. No, you you do. Is, is that Did weird? You, you don't is that want weird? to? No, I said I kind of want yes, to. Yes, you like do. It's, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's weird. I mean, you're saying like it's clean or whatever, but this is definitely the guy that eats the fuzzy buttered toast too that you're talking to. So it's just like, I don't know. I I, just, I see a big retic turd in there. I just palm it, grab it, throw it in the trash. Yeah, well then you figure out where a towel is later. Oh, the bidet is, yeah, it's foreign. It's weird. I'm American. I can't change that easy. <laughs> You've been trying to talk me into eating mushrooms with you for the whole time we've been doing this podcast. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, I haven't really been pushing it that hard. I did find some in Australia, actually. I watched. <laughs> so, so let's just for the tender youth of America, explain to me if you find fungus on shit you can eat it and feel okay about that um don't just know what you're looking at no i'm definitely not going to recommend people just eat any mushroom that that thank you just say no the correct answer is no no. don't eat poop don't eat poop in a field and then talk about how a bidet is so much cleaner than wiping your hand your butt with paper towel are you trying to compare eating mushrooms to using a bidet right now Yes, because you're eating off of poop and then saying that paper towel, toilet paper is not clean. You're saying I have to remotely spray and dry my hiney, but I'm going to eat poop off an animal in the field. The bovine feces versus human feces. Very different. You are such a freaking hippie. I I ate wombat poop in Australia. I stuck it in my mouth, chewed it up. I don't know why. I mean, unless, like, I've probably eaten retic poop, but it's because they were enthusiastic about putting it in my mouth, you know, and try to. Yeah, retic poop's a different animal. See, animals that eat mostly vegetation, <laughs> it's it's different. It's like it's, you're basically getting, you know, processed vegetation. It's not like... So you would be okay with wiping my butt. I mean, I am a vegan. Oh, what? <laughs> no, I, I'm barely okay. <laughs> I never wiped a butt until I had a, a child of my own. That was the first time I. Oh, I'm just wiped saying, I'm, I'm, I'm 100 vegetarian. There's no animal product going through there. If there wipe was my a, butt, Brian. Situation where I Brian wipe my butt to clean your ass. 
I would definitely be using the sprayer. <laughs> what about like a city slicker situation where I got bit by a rattlesnake on my butt? Would you suck the poison out? <laughs> that doesn't work. What do you mean doesn't work? I mean, sucking poison out? Yeah, no, it doesn't work. Oh. You should know right. that. Well... I mean, I was going hypothetical here. I just want to see if you love me enough to suck on my butt. If you get all. in a situation where you're, like, stung on your face by a manowar, I'll pee on it. No, I've had friends, quote-unquote. I'm making the little parentheses here. Friends pee on me before because I said I got stung by something. And I'm like, whoa, that's not even that's not even where I got stung. Stop peeing on me. <laughs> so I don't need any more of those. Quote-unquote, hashtaggy friend. Not hashtag. What are these cl- things called? <laughs> What are these called? Air I'm quotes. doing my fingers right now. Air quotes. Thank you. Air quotes. I no air quotes st- peeing on me, people. <laughs> I got I got stung by some uh, Australian version of stinging nettle while I was out there, and we were with uh, oh. this guy Josh, um, and he was taking us around finding some cool, you know, do a little herping out there, and uh, he he broke off this piece of plant, and he's like, "Here, just just rub this on it," and I was like, "Dude, like, dude." Whether this is going to make it better or make it much worse for your entertainment, I don't care. Let's try it out. Let's see what happens. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Who did this to you? Um, I wish I could remember his last name. Oh, Barr. Josh, Josh Barr. Um, a pretty good herper out there in the uh, somewhere between Sydney and Brisbane area of Australia. And uh, they actually found a carpet python the day after we left. But, yeah. They found a carpet python bidet after you left? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Anyway, it worked. Carpet pythons are getting sophisticated. It didn't put me into more pain. It actually did give me relief. So he wasn't one of those guys that, oh, it's the first time I met you, but I want to see you in more pain so I can laugh. Stinging nettle is, like, super good for you. So, like, it's Pittsburgh. It's almost spring. The first thing to come out every year is stinging nettle. Everyone likes to go hunting for morel mushrooms, and those taste amazing. I like those. But me and the family, we we go down to the stinging nettle patch. That stuff is, like, probably the most nutrient-dense plant oh, that, please. on the I've, planet. I've, I know of this, but I've never known how to process it to ingest because, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, you, you touch it It's easy. There's nothing, there's nothing to it. Yeah, I, I mean, it stings you, but even the stings are actually good for you. Okay, but so you like my eat it raw. So what's the process? My my kids and I pick it like flowers, and they like whip each other with it. And we're like, ah, it stings! Stop! Ah. And it's you know when I say my kids and I, it's them chasing me, stinging me with stinging now because I would never do that to my small children. But sure. still funny. But but basically, um, you know, if you get the tender, so like when it grows up, if you grab like just the kind of the tip top of the plant, you know, and you just kind of cut it short, um, it does not uh, Have affect the, the plant. Yet? Yeah, it doesn't have as many, and they're they're like kind of small. So basically, you, you you blanch it real quick, and then it's at that point it's kind of like spinach or kale or something. So you can oh, you just like what well, we like the, the nettles don't we just, it doesn't affect yeah we just cook it in butter yeah just pick the little ones okay. and it, you know actually you I don't even use gloves when I get it like knowing that the stings are good for you anyways, but it doesn't sting that much. You know the the hairs all go in one direction, so if you kind of grab it a certain way, they don't even sting you, and we collect whole big grocery bags full of the stuff and then we take it home and we saute it up and and eat it and it's like super good is it like spinach in the same fact that you actually do get more benefit from it if you cook it first like with spinach if you don't cook it you don't get the iron because the the oxalates get in the way or something 
I don't know the exact so, size, but I do know that if you don't cook yeah, spinach first, you get less nutrients from it you're, than if you do cook it. You're you're kind of barking up the right tree, but I think you're a little bit ignorant about that. But spinach, like its 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 nutrient profile changes when you cook it. Okay. So raw spinach is very good for you, and then cooked spinach is good for you in different ways. Gotcha. Like so, you can't get the iron from the spinach if you don't cook it. Is that accurate? Uh we're like that's really talking about out our ass right now i don't know <laughs> what i just know that it changes when you cook it like it's Fair good enough. it's good for you both times but it changes but yes it is it is kind of like that if you lightly saute it it releases a lot of stuff it, you know but but the stinging nettle does a lot of cool stuff i've been wanting to make a tincture out of the root supposed to be really good for like you know dude stuff and everything like that and so what i want to do is collect like a ton of it because you can blanch it and freeze it just like spinach and so I want to have it for throughout the year because I don't know. I like for me, like I'm a vegan, but the whole vegan thing is less about this guy. don't eat this animals. Is the guy. I am a vegan, and yet here's a here's I've got a video of you shoving meat in your face at the last uh, Arlington. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I I mean I I hold pretty loosely to it. I, honestly, when I say vegan, it's just the easiest way to say it. So for any of you vegans out there, I'm making you look bad. I apologize. Basically, I'll eat even meat and fish if I hunt it or cook it for myself. So it's more of like a self-sustaining thing, which is cool for me. So that's why I really like instead of you know just going to the grocery and buying some produce, I love hiking out in the woods with my children, collecting stinging nettle, and using it in all these recipes and stuff. But I'll save you some the next time you come out. Well, we'll I'll cook you up some like yeah, I'd like to try. And and really, what I would like to do is make some tincture out of the root. You know where you take some vodka and stuff, and you and it, it extracts everything from sure. the root because root is very different and it's very, um, you know, it's very nutrient. You're like a total hippie, so I think this 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 stuff would really jive for you. But so I'm more like I'm more like way cool Native American survival technique type of guy, <laughs> you know. And you're just like you're just like you're just like I found some poop. I found some poop outside. I'm gonna eat what's on it. You know, and I, I'm just more like, hey, if I, you know, if the world ever got infected by coronaviruses and we all turned into zombies, I could survive. Me and my kids whipping each other with stinging nettle that back in the woods behind our house or whatever. Yeah. We would be alive. I could do that too. Gosh, who do you think I am? You come over and I'll, Let's say hippie that I'll whip you. I'll this. whip you. The next time you come out, I will whip you with stinging nettle and I've you can wipe my vegan ass. Many times, my friend. <laughs> I used to not travel. Like I, I used to cruise around with a uh, a Native American. Not guy. like I do it. Hey, listen. They say once you go hard, all you can never go back. Did you back. know that if I'm you chew saying. on the the wolf's leaf, it's like a bush. It's wolf something. And if you get stinging nettle, you can chew on this leaf from this plant, and then you can take that and stick it on the stinging nettle spot, and it will instantly relieve it. And True story. I used to have a wolf, and when he would chew on me, I chewed on him back, and it <laughs> usually worked. I do that with my retics too. I don't know if that's like kosher to say or not, but it's the end of the podcast, and this ard bag stuff from Metcalf Reptiles is working pretty well. I was so gonna say I'll, the funny thing is the last I chew. I literally chewed on a retic today. Did you? I chewed Did on, you on a chew carpet on python the day before I left Australia. Boom. That's what? legit. Where did you learn that skill? Can I ask you that? Um, yeah, I learned it from Jay. Oh, that still counts because he learned it from me. <laughs> I know. We've Boom! Talked about this. <laughs> I, I don't know why. This, uh, this, we took a hard, hard left the last 20 minutes on this podcast. And I think, uh, 
I think that was because for we, all of you guys that had to sit through the sappy stuff of me and Brian with our best friend who died, which is horrible and terrible. I hope you enjoyed those last 20 minutes. It's all I can do in life is to try to, you know, so what I was talking about with Thomas Budway is like the fact that these green trees are so difficult and, and success is so rare and fleeting makes them all the more appealing and beautiful to me. I, I experienced a similar thing with like, when I try to do, especially with what I do, was doing with forest, like the pure locality retakes, real pure locality, not like, oh, they're all one subspecies, so breed them together or whatever, but like actually keeping bloodlines pure is really challenging and fun for me. And the green tree guys, I think they just get that. I think it's a similar kind of thing because it's like, I have this animal and I appreciate this animal and I love this animal and this animal may never may never breed for me it's gonna piss me off its whole life and then die but i'm into that and i don't know i there's something there's there's beauty in that it's kind of like you ever you know that you think about like the the the, scripture puts it like bible the the lilies of the field you know what i mean that are here today gone tomorrow and the wealthiest man in the world was not dressed as fine as the simple grass that's here and gone. And that's it. And there's something beautiful about the mortality and, and the, you know, the, just the fleeting nature of that. So I've got an idea for the next podcast. Let's, uh, what? Let's, let's hear it. Crack the bottle first, chill for an hour, okay. and then hit record. <laughs> I feel like it's just starting to get really good. Crack the bottle, chill for an hour, then record. I'm writing it down. I have it in my notes. Hey, listen, guys, um, please, if you listen to this, we mentioned it already, but me, Garrett Hartle here, Brian Cusco, I would really appreciate you going on to the Searchable as Reptiles Facebook community. And I challenge you to do this. If you've already made it this far in the podcast, why are you not connecting with us in a way that we can get your direct feedback on the Searchable as Reptiles Facebook community? This is not something that like gives us money or something like that. This is so that we can try to understand what the fuck are you doing for all this time listening still to us still? Please go on the Searchable as Reptiles community and tell us if it's a good idea that we crack these drink sponsor bottles. Me and Brian chill for an hour and we talk about all the stupid stuff and then get to the 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 drunken unfiltered you know ton jones infused conversation and just start it right there would you guys like that because actually brian i think that's a really good idea and i think that would be cool i actually have some um some ideas for some themes like a themed podcast not like a completely off topic i mean it could be off topic but all within one sort of a theme and i think that would be kind of fun to do but i i like that one is because it is a theme and it isn't at the same time you know so if you guys want to hear that and you don't want to hear us be kind of normal at the beginning and then completely belligerent at the end um jump on to searchable as reptiles community page on facebook and tell us on this episode you heard us this idea about crack the bottle chill for an hour then record if that's what you want, that's what I'm going to do for you. 
I like it. Because I know Brian's going to do it because it's his idea and I'm <laughs> just like talking now. But if you want it, tell me and I will give it to you. I, we've already established the fact that I'm a shameless whore. So <laughs> I'll do anything at this point, Brian. All right. All right. Well. Uh, we let, let's let's end this now dude it's we're about to go let's just end this now we're, we've been going we're already a half hour longer than we've ever done any other podcast before so not that no. that's a problem not that i'm just the half hour the half hour that Forrest was doing is worth it and i know that you feel the same way i i don't understand why anybody listens to these podcasts i have literally never listened to one of these podcasts so if you guys are still here listening you're doing better than me i just do this because i love you brian yeah, and, that's all um, I'm for too. I love you too, bro. Um, and yeah, kinda, this is great. This is this is wonderful. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with it, and I'm glad that I'm glad that I got you in my life, man. It's been a true blessing. Not trying to be hey, horny at all. I'm trying to be fucking. Before we before we stop hitting record, I just want to tell you this. I literally called a bunch of people this week with mixed reviews. Some people met this with very negative reviews. You are a fucking positive and amazing force in this industry. Hillary needs you. The kids need you. I need you. The world needs you. I don't care if things get hard or stuff happens or you get sick or like, you know, death comes for you. You're not allowed to die. Wait, you and whatever it takes. Told people, this this is what. I did. I well, after Forrest died, I I called a bunch of people and I told them. I told them that, that I, I was sh- a positive force for the world. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I just called I just called people that I know have a lot of shit going on in their lives and that people attack them. And I said, listen, I I respect you even if we have differences. You know what I mean? Whether or not we do, and I respect you, and I want you to keep on keeping on. Thanks. And some of them were like, hey, thanks, yeah, just like that. And then other people were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they stirred up a bunch of shit with me <laughs> god damn it can't they really did i mean <laughs> i i literally i literally ended a, a couple of relationships because of this Jeez. and i think they're like well i know the real reason you were trying to call and it was just it breaks my heart because the real reason i was trying to call is because i love you man and i think that you're bringing a really positive stuff to this so i just want to make sure that you know that um I want to make sure everybody knows that. I mean, I le- I legitimately love this industry and the people in this industry. Me too, man. And that's and thing. I know that I, I know this. I I know that you know. There's a lot of hard things, and I I make light of it sometimes and stuff like that. But the truth of the matter is, like, guys, I'm here. I'm abusable, and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna fucking survive. And it makes it a lot more fun for me if you're here too that's it you know what i'm saying i i i mean i know we don't we don't know what each other have gone through a lot of times and stuff like that and but i've survived my fair shit and i'm sure you have too and i'm gonna keep doing it and i expect you to too because it's the right thing to do you know what i mean like you you gotta and you know honestly if you step on a landmine and blow up or whatever you're excused bow out whatever the deal may be that's going to happen to all of us at some point you know but until that happens i i really want you to understand that um that i'm you know i'm i'm here for you and and you being here for me is what makes this life worth still living yeah man. and i don't oh, hell yeah 
I don't think I can do an episode about Brian Cusco died this week and he left behind his wife and kids. Yeah, let, let's I can't not do, do that. that. Yeah, can we please not do that episode? That sounds great. Are you serious? Yeah, well, let's I not mean, do that I mean, let's just go ahead no, and say we're not going to do mean, that one. I mean, think about it. What if the Garrett died? No, I don't want to think about it again, Mr. Plant. The what if you die on this airplane and leave your kids behind guy? <laughs> yeah, let's not. Let's, I don't want to think about that. I know that you don't need to because you're, you easily connect with that kind of stuff. And, like, you know, the first – you called me first. You called me first. That's true. About Forrest. No, I'm telling you, I hadn't heard it from anyone else before you. And what you told well, me I'm, was, I'm also agreeing with you because you were the first person I called as soon as I found out. Yeah. And what you told me was, go hug your wife. Go hug your kids. Life is too precious. That's what you told me. And you were right. You were right. And, you know, I know we're getting sappy on this episode or whatever. And it's, you no, know, it's whatever. It's, it's real, bro. Exactly. And, you know, I don't care. I, I mean, I don't really care what people think about this stuff. This stuff sucks. And it's a reality. Death is a reality of life. But I'm going to be here for as long as humanly possible. Because it's what I do. And I need you guys. I need you guys. When you feel like you, nobody needs you and nobody cares if you're gone... I fucking care that you exist on this planet because it helps me to be me when you keep being you. And that's true of you, especially, Brian. I know you personally, but a lot of you guys listening, I mean, you got, we've had minimal contact or whatever the case may be, but I want you to understand that you are somebody that nobody else can ever be. And if you go through life and you don't realize your full potential for whatever reason... The world suffers for it. Please don't put that on me. I've had enough. <laughs> and on that same note, dude, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Like that's something that I've always felt, and something that's that I've really wanted to express is that every single person here, every single person, not just in this community but on this earth, like everybody serves a purpose. Some people haven't found it yet. Everybody has something. I believe. I 100% You're right. everybody has something positive to contribute to this community, whether it's the community of the world or the community of the reptile community or whatever. Everybody has something. Just because somebody else doesn't recognize that in you doesn't matter. Just because you don't recognize that in somebody else, that doesn't matter. Because everybody does have it. Whether you recognize it or else, whether somebody else recognizes it in you, it doesn't matter. It's there in every single person. And so if you don't And it might be that, right around the corner. You got to lean into it one more time again. Yeah. And you'll find it. Exactly. And if somebody and if you don't recognize that in somebody else, then don't waste both of your time as trying to point out all the things that you don't recognize about what it is about that person that is going to help everybody else that they possess as a quality and let That's your else failure find not theirs. Go find whatever it is in you that helps everybody else that whatever it is in you that yes! will everybody else that <laughs> rather than and it's something i've said multiple times but i just i and it, i realize we're all going through different things sometimes we just need to bitch at somebody else online or just you know it makes us feel better about ourselves to whatever find the the downsides of somebody else and use that as a something to talk about or but in the end it does nothing good for anybody anywhere so if you can just do your best to try and find the good things in the people that you recognize it in and help boost those 
qualities that person has and and vice versa then it's we'll, we'll get to a better place and where we all really i think want to be in this world except for the small percentage of us that just want to watch the world burn whatever nothing we can do for that i guess no, and I, you're, yeah, that's exactly right. And I didn't mean to interrupt you or talk over you or anything. Kind of, but I just, I was connecting with you. What that's you right. say? I'll use it's it in true. the next. Uh, I'll use it in the next um, podcast segment of what what my co-host did wrong last since the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brian, I love you. Everybody listening, if you're at the end of this, what is this? The two-hour podcast. I love you guys too. You know, thank you so much for spending this time with me and, you know, just getting to know me on a less than professional level, let's say. I'll, I'll, we I'll we really appreciate, you, appreciate right you. This is what I've been, this this right here, like how you've been these last like 20 minutes or whatever, like this is what I've been pushing for on this podcast. That's the only reason I even wanted to get any mushrooms involved because I thought it would get to this point where you just <laughs> opened up a little more. So that's it. We, mission accomplished, podcast over. <laughs> 